Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. We will get into our lesson right after this. Our lesson today is lesson number 25. It will deal with the subject of the victorious Christian life. We now join in progress, part two of our study. When we get saved, we have a new life in Christ Jesus. This is certainly true when we consider that we've been born again. Just as Jesus said, we must be born again. In John chapter 3 and verse 7, he says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Notice, it's not optional. It's an imperative. It must be. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We are told in the scripture that we are newborn babes. And as such, we are to earnestly desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. According to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. So while it is certainly true that the milk of the word is necessary to our growing in the Lord... God wants us to go on to adulthood and not remain babies. Imagine if all we ate was milk day after day in our physical life. We would never go on to eating anything more solid in our physical life. And that certainly would not allow us to grow to be healthy adults, physically speaking. The same is true in our spiritual life. To live the victorious Christian life is only possible when we grow up in the Lord. And that's only possible if we go on to solid spiritual food, which is called the Word of God, the meat of the Word, the Apostle Paul calls it. The victorious Christian life is only possible when we are directly identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must rest in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must realize that the victorious Christian life is received the same way salvation is received, and that is by faith. It's not by trying, it's by trusting. Trusting gives us the victorious Christian life. We trust the Lord to bring about His life in us. For it is the Lord who has begun a good work in us and will perform it to its end. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And again in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God who works in us to bring about his good pleasure. The victorious Christian life is only possible when we confess, we admit our inability 
to gain the victory and yield to the mighty power of God, the mighty power of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will give us the victory. It is in our weakness that his strength shows. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That's what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Listen, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do you see it? My strength, his strength, is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You notice there how God points out it is when I am weak, then I am strong. My strength comes from him, not from me. When I depend upon my strength, my physical strength, my fleshly strength, then I take the credit. So when I'm weak, I cannot depend upon my physical strength. I cannot depend upon my, my fleshly strength. I have to depend upon his credit. And in that case, God it gets all the credit and it, God is a jealous God. He's not going to share his glory with anyone. In Romans chapter 6, we find that God outlines for us how we can live the victorious Christian life. So let's look at it. Let's look at that chapter and see what it says. Look at verse 1 of that chapter. Chapter 6 of Romans. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? This verse plainly states that God does not want us to live in sin. Because God says, God forbid. God's purpose in saving us was to save us from our sins, not in our sins. Look at what verse 2 says. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? This verse shows that we are dead to sin. That's a far cry from what we were before we got saved because then we were dead in trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians 2 and verse 1. Before we got saved, that was our condition, in addition to which we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. But now we've been saved, we're quickened, we're made alive, and have now been drawn nigh to God. Our sins are paid for by our Lord Jesus Christ. All that was necessary to remove our sins from us and give to us the victorious Christian life, victory over sin, is found in our Lord Jesus Christ, and that by faith, and by faith alone. It's not by trying, it's by trusting. The victorious Christian life is living above sin. This is not eradication of sin from our, from our lives, physically speaking. 
We can never hope to be free from sin completely, physically speaking, as long as we live in this body of flesh. But in our Lord Jesus Christ and by identification with Him, we can live a victorious Christian life. We are identified in His death, burial, and resurrection. This is what baptism is a picture of, a figure the Bible calls it. It's a figure in our Christian life. For when something dies, you bury it. And that's the picture in baptism. By immersion, we bury it. We are dead with Christ. We are buried with Christ. And then the picture of resurrection, we raise again in newness of life to live for the Savior. Look at verse 3 through verse 5 of Romans chapter 6 and listen to what it says. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Baptism is a picture of a, reality, of a reality. The reality that we are dead in Christ Jesus. We have died. We are crucified with Christ. We've been buried with Christ. And now we've been resurrected in Jesus Christ to newness of life. This scripture then tells us that we are identified with his death, burial, resurrection, and the resurrected life that we have in Jesus Christ. Since we are identified with his death, we now have been set free from sin. Look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. We are free because we are dead to sin. 